Welcome to Behind the Visual, a podcast where we interview the people responsible for creating, putting together, and producing all the images and videos you see in your world every single day. I am your host, advertising lifestyle photographer Mark Hansen, and today my guest is Diana Lang. And Diana is a multifaceted photo producer, art director, and designer who is currently the production supervisor and photo producer for Home Depot. So, hello, Diana. Thank you Hi, for how are you? doing this whole thing. Wonderful. How are you? Staying busy, I know. Yes, super busy. Yeah, super, well, super that's busy. probably good, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> no, we've been on shoot all week last, this past week, so. Um, and you're shooting today too, Saturday, aren't you? Yes, yes, I am working today. Wow, busy mm -hmm. woman. Mm. I am busy. I like to stay busy. Keeps me that's going. Good. Yeah, better sit around hoping. That something's coming in. True. All right. So tell me a little bit about how you got started as a photo producer. Like what led you to this whole thing of getting to where you are at this point? Kind of my journey. Yeah. So I started out, um, actually, I kind of fell into the industry. Um, I actually started out going into college uh, as a pre-dental major. Pre-dental? Uh, concentrating pre-dental, focusing on- you like to put your hands in people's mouths and mess with their teeth? I love teeth. Yeah, okay. Well, Ashlyn does too. Ashlyn, my youngest, she thought about being a dentist because she likes teeth, but I don't know if she's actually gonna, don't think she's gonna do it because she can't handle blood. Um, uh, so that's an issue, I think. Well, I liked it so much. I was DA1 certified by my senior year in high school. What's DA1 certified? Uh, dental assisting one. Really? By, mm. Before you graduated high school? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Wow. That's how much I liked it. Do you have nice teeth? <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I really enjoyed it. That was kind of like my passion. And, um, but then as I was in college, one class took me off the grid for that route. And that was biostatistics. It's oh, God. horrible in it. Wow. <laughs> and so uh, I decided I wanted to change and go into architecture. That's that a big change. Yeah. yeah, that was my second on the list because I loved architecture. And so um, I went and talked to the school and they told me, well, you need to build a portfolio to submit to go into architecture. So that's when I started taking classes in the art building. So I started taking design classes, illustration classes, photo classes, and I never left. Wow. Okay. So yeah. what did you graduate with? A Bachelor of Fine Arts degree in graphic design. Okay. So dental student to graphic design student. Yeah. No. My parents, man, they just shook I'm their sure heads. I'm sure they were happy. Yeah. I'm sure they thought that was a great career move. <laughs> <laughs> money's like, money's very similar money's almost the same in the two i'm sure yeah 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 they're like what are you gonna do with that degree because they don't know you know they're like they were immigrants coming from asia and they're like all they know is doctor lawyer engineer that's what you have right. so did your parents come here like they're the first generation to be in the u.s mm -hmm, with yep. you i was the wow. first one in my entire family to be born in the states really mm -hmm. okay yeah. And where did they come from? Uh, well, they where they were coming from, they were coming from Thailand at that time. All right. Because they were in a refugee camp over there for uh, a few years and had my really? sister. Oh, God. Yeah. That doesn't sound so like much they, fun. They did a little bit of traveling to get here. Yeah, I'm going to guess so. <laughs> Jeez. So how many languages do you speak? Two. Two just, English yeah. and Vietnamese. Okay. Well, that's mm -hmm. kind of cool. Yeah. I wish I spoke. Well, I don't really care because I don't go get my nails done, but. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're always talking about you. <laughs> yes, I'm sure. Tammy says, she'll, or Alexa talks about going in there and they'll, they start talking and she's like, I have no idea what they're saying, but I think they're talking junk about me. Oh, yeah, uh, probably. Maybe. No, they're just probably saying how nice your hands are. Uh -huh, Good nails. Yeah. Good did you see that Seinfeld where they did that? Oh. So Jerry's, I think it was Jerry's dad was in Vietnam, so he spoke Vietnamese. Mm -hmm. And 
Elaine was getting her nails done and they would always talk about her. And she's just like, I know they're talking about me, but I don't know what they're saying. So he went in there with her and, you know, he's just as white looking as you can be. So yeah. they started talking and then he understood everything they said. So he busted them and what they were talking about. I don't remember what they were saying, but it was funny because, and then there was some woman in the background who heard him screaming and she was some woman that he had hooked up with in Vietnam when he was over there. What? And she came out. Yeah, it was a whole, it's a, I don't think I saw that episode. Oh, that's really funny. Yeah, check it out. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so you graduate with a graphic design degree, and then what happens? Uh, So I graduate with a graphic design degree. That this was during the big recession, like during our time going down, like around two thousand three, two thousand four time period. This is when everything was just starting to go down really fast. So I ended up just working part-time and um, I found contract work um, doing design work. And then finally I started working with an agency, ad agency in Charlotte. Uh, At the time it was called Doggett Advertising. And so I tried it with them as their contractor for about a couple weeks. And then they hired me on full-time after my first project with them. Oh, I thought you were going to say a couple of weeks and then they fired me. <laughs> they fired me. No. Well, that's good. Funny. Yeah. So it's funny because I worked, I worked long hours because it was their big project when they're big clients. Um, they were chasing a, um, well, their client was chasing a, the Charlotte Douglas airport to build oh, out yeah. their e-concourse. Oh, okay. Yeah. So wow, that, that client actually won the job. So I helped him win the e-concourse build job. That's impressive. So you mm-hmm. came right out of school knowing what you were doing. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I, you know, it's that time period where you're kind of like, I hope I find a job. I didn't care what it was. Just get me a job. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but I did, I got the job. And I remember um, that client, I was talking to him and he was like, I told, you know, my boss at the time, George, um, dog at the owner, he was like, if you don't hire her, I'll take her off your hands. Just let me know. <laughs> oh, wow. That's cool. That's really good. Yeah. So I worked with them for about a little over a year um, as a designer. And then I transitioned to art direction as well. And then, um, so I worked on like some stills and some commercial. That's when I finally crept into the realm of commercials a little bit as well. Cause I worked for a couple, um, they had a couple clients. There was like a bank and everything. So they did a couple commercials for them. So I was able to help out with that. And oh, then cool. that, and then I went corporate. So that's when I started working with Lowe's as their art director and designer. So you started out art director at Lowe's. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then you, from there, you went into photo production or what? What were you when oh, you were with? From there, they outsourced my department, like our design <laughs> team. Yes. <laughs> so that was a frenzy. I've never been outsourced or laid off. Well, it wasn't laid off. I was outsourced. I didn't. I wasn't happy being outsourced because it was one of those things where I'm kind of stubborn where you're moving me to something I don't want to do or I could have wanted to do, but you didn't discuss it with me and you decided to move me. So I was like, no. So I got lucky and I found a job within a month. And that's when I became an account manager for RJ Reynolds. And they moved me to, yep. And they moved me to Connecticut and I worked up in Connecticut for almost three years as their account manager. Oh, wow. I had no idea. Yeah. How was the account manager thing? Did you like that? I really enjoyed it. I am. I worked out of, um, I worked in all my different accounts. I didn't really have an office. So, um, I mean, it was nice. I was like in my early twenties and driving around with a company car. And I mean, I didn't have to worry about anything. You know, I was just roaming from one place to the next, each account and all the accounts were so nice. And I mean, You're I don't driving know. Driving around in a Ford Taurus? Huh? What was your company car? Ford Taurus? No, it was really bad. It was a Chevy <laughs> HHR. Oh, God. HHR? It looked that, like that a kind of like hearse? weird little, like, yeah, like a mini hearse. Like like PT, been, yes. Yeah, like it's yes. been slapped in from the back end and just accordioned up. And yeah, that's a weird looking. Yeah, weird... so I did not have a good experience with that car. So I remember the first <laughs> time I took that car into the wash. And I was, after it got clean in the washer or whatever, I was trying to drive forward and it wouldn't drive, it spun. I was like, what the heck? So I had to back up to give it some, I had to back up to go forward to give it a little bit of like oomph. And At the car wash? Yes, because the car <laughs> wouldn't go. 
So if it rained, you were stuck. <laughs> oh my God, I was sliding all over the place. And so finally I, I went to the car dealership or whatnot, wherever I went, I don't remember. And I was like, I need, cause it was winter. I was like, I need snow tires. So they put snow tires on my car. I put the other tires in our storage unit, like the company storage unit. And I was like, and I drove around on snow tires the rest of the time. And they're like, you know, you need to switch yourself. I was like, yes, but no. <laughs> <laughs> wow. All right. Well, great car. Um, yeah. yeah. So that's not my preference in cars. Other people like it, just not mine. <laughs> <laughs> but um uh, but no i did work at rj reynolds um for a few years and um i mean it's it's a great company it's like a super good company to work for but but then i came back to charlotte and then um lowe's hired me back as a producer so that was my first production producing job so which do you, do you like better art directing or the producing i like producing yeah <laughs> I love art directing, don't take me wrong, um, but because I work full-time, like when I was an art director, I did that, but then I also had my personal clients on the side, so I constantly had to be creative, literally like eight to nine, eight to nine hours a day at work, and then I would go home and be more creative again, and yeah. that burned me out, so I like oh, the production sure. where I can think logically and plan, because I'm a big planner, like huge planner. And um, so I, I was able to be creative and also, you know, not be so creative, but. So but were you like that as a kid? Creative or a planner? No, planner, planner. Like, did you plan everything out as a kid? Like if you guys were doing something as a group, were you the one who planned it all out and like, hey, here's what we're gonna do. Let's do this, let's go here. Did you do that? Or is it just something that happened later in life? No, I've always done that. I think even um, when I was younger, I've always been like the initiator to plan to do something like my, our family vacations, yeah. I planned them all. Like, like a high school, middle school student planning on my mom's family. Cause she's, I will vacation. She's like, I would come out to her, let's go somewhere. And she's like, where do you want to go? And I'll tell her. And she's like, okay, then I would figure out, I would figure out how to get somewhere. This is before Google maps, ways. This is before all that. I'm over here trying to find a map and like trying to figure out which is the best way to go. <laughs> Did you ever use MapQuest when it first came out? Oh, yeah. It sucked. Yeah. But that yeah. was before, um, but when I was playing, that was before MapQuest. MapQuest was like. MapQuest was like nine. When I was in college. Late 90s, mid to late yeah. 90s, maybe. Mid 90s, I think. It? Yeah, something. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, so that was at, like end of my high school year, early. Yeah. Because MapQuest, I remember I would download it and I would get the. The directions and half the time it had me turning left when I should have turned right and it always constantly it's got your lost. Other right. It's still right. Yeah. <laughs> your other right. It's like the models right. Every time I tell models like drop your right hand, they always drop the left hand first and they go, uh, oh wait, hold on. And then they drop the right hand. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. I always have to think about it and I go, wait, left? Right. Okay. Yeah. It amazes me how many people do not know literally. I mean, I get with the models because they may be thinking I'm saying camera right. And right. so I try and think which, which is their hand, but I think they're probably thinking, oh, he means camera right, so I need to drop my left. But it amazes right. me how many people really have to go, right, oh, wait, that, okay, yep. that's my left hand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not like we don't know, but we just, I think at that moment, our brain just kind of like stops for a second. I'm like, wait a minute, which one is my right? <laughs> or okay. Left. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'm just slow. <laughs> No, nah, no, I've seen you. You're not slow. Yeah. I mean, it's, I think it's just a thing. A lot of people have it. A lot of intelligent people that I've met still have an issue with the right and left hand. Right. Yeah. I don't understand. Well, I mean, it's just, it's just your, your, I think what it is is you're so used to doing something and you don't think about if it's light or right or left. It's kind of like when I work on my laptop and if I want to do certain things with my Mac, I do it right away. Like I know all the quick keys, like it's automatic, it's natural to me. But then when somebody asks me, well, how do you do this? I sit here and I'm like, uh, and I'm over here, like looking at my keyboard, like, what do I do? It's hard to yeah. tell somebody versus I can it, see like, that. instinct. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. All right. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you start producing for Lowe's. What? Anything. You started your production for Lowe's. Yep. So I worked there. there. 
as their producer and I was their very first producer ever. So I had really? to really kind of wow. mold it. Yep. Mm-hmm. You didn't know did that, they, did you? No, I had no clues. Were they, was it an ad agency before that that was handling everything? Then they brought it in house or was it something where they just hadn't been doing it at all and they just decided they just didn't Diana. have anybody helping them put shoots together. They were all reliant on the studio. So it was, this is the thing that it ma- amazes me is all so their in-house studio. They were just kind no, of. They, no, they're uh, external studios. Okay. Lowe's didn't have an in-house studio. Okay. Yeah. Like, so, so what, like Kreber, whoever the big studios are? Mm-hmm, they hired the them to do them? everything. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So, um, so they brought me in, which is funny because my interview was so easy. <laughs> yeah. I remember walking into the interview and the, the lady that hired me, um, she was only with the company like maybe a month after I got hired because she ended up moving back home. But she was like, oh, I walked in knowing I was, knew I was going to hire you before you even sat down. I was like, oh, she's like, your reputation precedes you. And I'm like, Oh, really? Well, this is going to be way easy. <laughs> God. Well, that's good. That's great. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, she, she hired me and I just, I just went and did what I did. It was just, it was because I'm such a planner. It's like, I know what, what needed to be done and what was lacking. And, right. um, and then they were also wanting to improve photography and so we just had to find ways of doing things to make it more efficient and just bringing in, I mean, actually bringing in external people, photographers sometimes to shoot for us because the studios did a great job, but sometimes we just needed a different perspective and a different style. And the right. studio doesn't always provide that because they're so used to the Lowe's way that when you bring somebody else in, it's like freshness, you know? Right. Yeah. Um, and so that's what we ended up doing. And, um, and then a new manager came on, he got hired and then, um, we, and he and I got along great because he came from a different industry as well. And that's when we just started moving things around. Like we hired external people, freelancers, contractors. I mean, we just hired all sorts of people to get things done, but we really elevated the level of photography at that time frame. Well, that's great. Yeah. I remember that's when we met you. Yeah which was one of the best first meetings I think I've ever had with anybody since we met at a bar <laughs> and sat outside at a bar and had a couple of beers. And I think you guys literally flipped through my book, I think just to make me happy because <laughs> you would already seen my work online. Yeah. yeah. Well, we, we looked at your stuff. So this was what we were tasked um, at Lowe's at the time was to find good people that were local. Yeah. And, and this was a while, this was a while ago. So, you know, it's, it was harder to find what we were looking for. There's a lot of people that were good, but it wasn't what we were looking for. And what yeah. we saw with your work, even though you've never shot product before at the time, we saw what you could bring out in people and photography because we shot with people a lot with product. So all we had to do was just kind of give you that direction to shoot in. But honestly, the thing that we really looked at is personality. We want to know we can work with you. We saw I your think work. that's a big thing. Yeah, yeah, because you can find somebody who's good at what they do, but if you don't get along with them, to have to put up with them for two, three, five days at a time, right. that can be a tough thing to have to handle sometimes. Mm-hmm. So we had to find somebody that was willing to, that's willing to go the extra mile, that's also willing to work hard and be creative, but then also know that they will get along with everybody else. Because one bad seed in a production can ruin it all. It can bring everybody's morale down. Oh, <clears> I've <throat> seen it. I've seen it happen. Yeah, a couple of times. So I know what you're yeah, talking about. So, yeah, we flipped through your book. We saw it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it was, I think it was an hour and a half. We sat there and talked for about an hour and a half. So when I left, I felt pretty good. Yeah, because usually if they're not interested, it's a five <laughs> minute meeting, 10 minutes at the most. And they're all right, thank you. And then you're out the door and you know, uh, oh, well, that didn't go so great. <laughs> Yeah, you've done other I, stuff though you've done besides Lowe's um, uh, yeah I've worked with a lot of different companies um, uh, I've also worked with Bed Bath & Beyond I've worked at Brugger's account uh, Alterna Hair Care did stuff with them um, Britax 
CPI, um, Gildan clothing. Yeah. And now Home Depot. Yeah. So I've had a, I've had a list of people I've worked with. <laughs> so is there one, is there one shoot that stands out as your the most fun or your favorite, or you went to a cool location or something that's just that if you could do all your shoots the same way, you, it would make your day constantly every day. I would have to say, I mean, I enjoy all my shoots because um, I, I, I mean, I just love the production and the idea of everything and just getting it right together. But I would have to say the shoot that really sticks out to me most um, is it was a shoot we did for about a month. It was a month long shoot. And this was for Lowe's patio furniture. And this was the first time we brought different people in to work together. So nobody knew of each other. Like our Digitech didn't know the photographer, the photographer didn't know the assistants, like nobody, like stylists didn't know anybody. So to put a group of 30 people together and hope it works out and everybody works well together for a full month. Wow. Had you met these people? No, not all of them. But you hadn't even met them. No, um, phone, email, stuff like that. Um, I mean, cause you can have a conversation with somebody. Yeah, so did you at least talk to them on the phone ahead of time to kind of get an idea that everybody's going to be cool yeah. together for a month? Yep. That and, yeah. um, that, or it was by recommendation. Like if I knew somebody that I trusted, I would get their recommendation. So things like that, you know, you gotta, you gotta trust people to a certain point and you can't do everything. I've learned. I want to take you to put all that together. Uh, I mean, it wasn't that long. I mean, a couple months, yeah. like searching and finding and, and everything. But after shooting for a full month in hot, sweaty weather, and we're literally together 24 seven, cause we're all staying in the same hotels together and everything. It felt really great at the end of the shoot when I would have people email me, call me or tell me we cannot wait until the next shoot. Oh, that's cool. That's good. Mm -hmm. everybody's like we all want to come back and I mean I and I work them <laughs> oh I know you do <laughs> <laughs> long hours like early mornings I break them up into shifts like I make sure we get it done but you know I'm also one of those people I was like I also trust that you do your work and so I know we'll get good outcome from it so um, but yeah, it was really good to know everybody really worked well together. I mean, of course, you know, there's some incidents that came up and things are, I mean, 30 days with somebody, that's yeah. a lot. Yeah. Um, but I even had like the photographers and the, even like, you know, the crew guys, they're like, we've never worked on a shoot where everybody gets along like this for 30 days. It was amazing. Wow. Yeah, that was a long uh, time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but we did it because I did one with you guys. It was a five day shoot For and everybody got along OB. really well. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. And everybody got along really well in that. Yep. Yep. Yeah. There was no issues. I didn't, I don't remember really any issues going on no. with that. Uh, yeah. Cause you, yeah. um, it's impressive. Cause we knew you at the time yeah. <laughs> and I, <laughs> and I knew you'd get along with the other crews too. So it was easy to put you guys together and know that you guys can work well together. Yeah, that was good. And I actually remembered everybody's name, <laughs> which I don't ever do. I am terrible with names, but I made a point to remember every single person's name. As soon as I met them, I made a point to remember their name. So, because I knew yeah. I was going to be five days. I couldn't just be like, hey, uh, you. Hey, you. Know? you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what's good, though, is, is I've developed a lot of friendships out of those, too. Like a lot of my shoots, I developed the friendship with almost everybody. Like, even if I don't work yeah. with them, I, you know, we'll still stay in touch, you know. Well, so, that's a good thing. That that's means a they good are thing. a good people, group of people. If you keep in touch with them and just don't like, ah, all right, move on. No, I still keep in touch with a lot of them. Like Christmas or whatever, I'll get a text or I'll text them Merry Christmas or Happy Birthday or, you know, like a lot of us, I mean, a good handful of them has moved to New York. Like, you know, yeah. the guys are kind of starting out here. They've moved to New York. And if I go to New York, they're like, We'll grab dinner or lunch together. It's like, you know, you've de developed that relationship. But then I also know if I need them to come down, they're willing to come down and help me out on a shoot if I need them to. Yeah, that's nice. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Who's going to give up work? <laughs> Very few people. <laughs> I don't know too many people are going to turn it down. <laughs> yeah, that's mm -hmm. for sure. So, how's Home Depot? 
Home Depot is a great company. It's definitely different. Um, their creative department still is, compared to some other companies, is still pretty new, uh, maybe two or three years, four years, maybe at max. Yeah. Um, so it's definitely a diff different way of working. Um, just, I mean, every company I go to is, is a little different, but um, they've been great. I, I mean, I've met new people and I've been up to Chicago a lot because they use a studio in Chicago a lot. And, um, and it's just a different kind of feel in the, in that office. Yeah. You so know, other than Chicago, do you travel a lot with them? Yes, I do travel a lot with Home Depot. Mm -hmm. Any place good? Huh? Um, hey. Chicago's always fun. I do that a lot. Chicago is a big part of my last summer. I spent pretty much almost almost every month, like for the past three or four months in Chicago, I'd probably come back for like a week, maybe week and a half. Just summer or um, you got to be up there in the winter too? Uh, so I've been lucky. My projects have landed where I go last year. This Well, last year I went to Miami for the winter and then I went to Chicago for the summer. So my projects landed up. Well, that well. worked out. That's good. <laughs> so when you produce the out of like out of town stuff, like when you're in Miami, I'm assuming that's more location down there. Yes. yes. So, so that was on location and we were working with our other internal partners, um, which is the broadcast team. Okay. Um, so we work together. Do you have that. people down there already that know the locations or is that something you have to figure out yourself when it comes to? Um, so with that one, um, we worked a lot with the broadcast team and, and because it's mainly their stuff because they're, they're so massive when they put a production together, they have people down there that they know. And then we also hire outside agencies to okay. put it together. All right. Do you have, do you guys have a ton of agencies? Cause you see some companies like Coke and they have, if you see their list of agencies, there's probably like 50, 60 different agencies or some ridiculous amount of, of agencies. And then other companies have one or two agencies. Does Home Depot have just one or they have multiple ones or? Home Depot has multiple, but not as large of a number as you would think. Um, you, I would think they would have more. But they actually, um, they don't. They're pretty loyal to some of the ones they've worked with. Are they um, mostly Atlanta? No. So one is based out of Texas, I know. One is in Atlanta. Um, I'm trying to think. And then like some other places, like, you know, we'll work with Chicago. We actually work with some, well, studios. We work with studios in North Carolina as well. So, but their big agencies is um, the one out of Texas right now. Okay. All right. Mm -hmm. So yeah. when you're in Miami, do you get to hang out down there afterwards or do you just go down there, shoot and come back and don't really see much? Cause I know a lot of people like if I'm traveling a lot, they go, Oh, you just went to the keys or you just went to New York or LA or whatever. How was it? Did what'd you do out there? And half the time I'm literally flying in, hitting the hotel, shooting at the location, back to the hotel location, back to the hotel location, airport home. And I don't really get to do anything. <laughs> so I would, I normally try to come down the day before our, like our pre-pro meetings. So I get a little bit of that. Um, but even still it's pretty much their hotel and then work. So, I mean, like photo shoots, I'm normally on a 10 hour day. Broadcast is when you have 12 to 14 hour day yeah. for broadcast. So my days are long. Um, so I normally go to work, go grab dinner. If I can hit the gym at the hotel and then I get back and work again till two ish in the morning. God. on emails and everything so and then i'm but got bad again so like i don't be really on set at 7 8 a.m or something like that mm -hmm. yeah. yeah usually about eight because we're the client right no that's true yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's nice you get to like you get to sleep in a little bit longer <laughs> yes i get sleep in a little bit but i i remember i will work like what usually on set i usually work until like one or two in the morning i mean there's some days i was at three and I remember people in the office are like, what are you doing sending emails at three? I'm like, cause I'm on set all day. I don't have time to do this during the day. I have to do it sometime. Otherwise it starts building up and I'll have hundreds and thousands of emails that I haven't gone uh, through. So they're yeah. long, long, long days. <laughs> Sounds like it. My God. Yeah. I didn't know you were up that late working on all this stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm. It wasn't every night, but a good bit of it. Right. Yeah. So when you're looking for people, 
or yeah. you're meeting with people. If they, do you prefer, does it matter if they bring in, say, a physical portfolio or an iPad or whatever? Do you care? Do you have mm -hmm. a preference on that? No, I don't have a preference. Okay. Um, as long as it's, um, it looks good. Right. <laughs> I mean, don't bring me a ratty book. And don't yeah. bring me an iPad with like a cracked glass. I can't see anything on it. <laughs> well, I talked to um, Jamie Boyder, who's over there at Bolt Group, and they've oh. done, you know, Krispy Kreme, Coke, uh, Lowe's, all that stuff. And he said he's had people come in and they don't even bring anything. They just assume that you've already seen it and they're just there to talk to you. They don't bring a portfolio at all, which I thought was really strange. He said they don't yeah, hire them. They send them on their way, but they at least yeah. Give that some I, I, I wouldn't be very happy either. <laughs> yeah. Uh -uh. As I like, bring me something to look at, like be prepared. That's my big thing. Like come prepared and meet me. Like you want me to hire you, so give me a reason to hire you. If you come with nothing, then I have no reason to hire you. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, I just didn't understand that. It made no sense to me that you would just show up with nothing and just hope that you know they'd already seen it because you never know i've had meetings where i assume that when you agree to meet with me you've at least flipped through my website and looked at it and thought okay i'll meet with this you know this photographer and we'll talk about it but i get the feeling a lot of people haven't that they'll just say okay if they have time for the meeting and they don't even look at the website so if you show up with nothing then they just they have nothing to see which yeah, is a little exactly. strange but you also want to see what their good work is. And then also if you're meeting with a certain client, I, this is what I do. Like, you know, like even like if I was to interview for new jobs or anything, I always tailor my stuff to who I'm talking to. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. So I always tailor it, but then I would also add, you know, additional things that are my personal um, work in there just to show personality and how far I can go and what I can bring a certain client to. Right. But I always tailor it somehow to make sure it, so they can relate to it a little bit. Well, yeah. Like, you wouldn't want different. to go to Home Depot with your portfolio and all food. You know, like, hey, here's my food photography because I don't think Home Depot is going to care about your food photography. Mm -mm, no, uh, not really. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I, mean, that, I mean, that's just how it is. It's just a lot of people are like that. But I mean, I also look at other things like, you know, lighting and, you know, all that other aspects of photography that you, you want to pay attention to make sure that you know what you're doing. You can shoot product, but if you don't know how to light product or if you don't know composition, it's not going to do any good. But yeah. that's where I look at other people's personal work too, to see how far and how artistic they can get. Because no matter what, we want good, pretty pictures. Like we want to sell our product. Oh yeah, absolutely. Do you, prefer like as if you're flipping through a portfolio do you want the person to talk about each individual shot or do you want them to just be quiet until you ask a question about the shot or how do you prefer that to go because i know i've i've had it different ways some people are like well tell me all about all these images and then some people they don't even say anything until they you know they just ask you a question when you come to a certain image that they like or something they'll say what how did you shoot this or where did you shoot this or whatever do you have a preference on that uh, I like it to be kind of conversational and I like to hear the ideas and the thought behind a shot or like what happened or how it built. Um, so I like for them to be conversational, not yeah. for every shot, but if it's something that they're really proud of, I like to hear about it. Right. Um, because it could be a shot. Cause I, you know, with clients, sometimes you want this type of shot, but the client wants this type of shot. So you kind of have to compromise. And yeah. so, not be a hundred percent of what you want, but is good for what the client wants. And so I kind of like to know the thought process of that kind of like where, how did it come become this final image? Um, but I mean, not for every shot, but just, you know, as I'm flipping through, if there's something that really stands out, I'd like for them to talk about it because it, it shows me that they're excited right. about a certain shot or they're excited about their work versus, I mean, I know some people just sit there and kind of let it go and just keep, I keep flipping, but I mean, it's great, but then I'll be done and I'll look at them. I'm like, okay, so, I mean, there'd be questions I have, but I, I like to know that they're excited about their work and they're passionate about it. And you can tell when somebody's passionate about their work. Right. That's the yeah. people I want to work with. People that are really into what they want to do, passionate, and they're, they want to strive to be better versus, oh, you know, this is kind of like, okay, this is what I need to do because I want to make money. Right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I get that. 
Yeah. It's, it's more, <laughs> it's more fun for everybody when you enjoy what you do, as opposed to just doing it because you want to make the cash. Exactly. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. That's why I turn down certain things. Mm -hmm. because there's certain things I'm just not interested in and in doing. Yeah. I mean, you can, you can tell when somebody cares about their work. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, cause I've been important. on, I've been on shoots before when the photographer just shoots and no matter what the art director say or what I say, they'll be like, I was like, we'll do this. And like, okay. And they just do it. And I'm like, well, what do you think? And I'm like, no, I mean, we, it looks good with what you're doing. I'm like, okay. But then I'm sitting here like, well, what you're not giving me any input. Right. You know, like I'm asking for your opinion. I'm hiring you for a reason. I'm hiring you for your eye and your expertise. Well, I think so. that's a big part of it. I think you as a photographer or definitely as a photographer, my job, I think, is to help enhance whatever ideas yes. that you've come up with or like, hey, maybe we try this thing or we try this thing or we light it this way or we do, you know, just something a little bit different. I mean, obviously, you're going to have ideas that I'm going to oh, that's a cool idea. Yeah, let's go ahead and do that most of the time. Um, but I think part of my job is to come up with that. And the other part of my job is to solve issues that pop up on set because they always do, whether it's the lighting or it's raining or whatever right. it is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah, it was kind of like the shoot you and I had, we did recently where all the graphics was on the back. We're like, how can we show this? Yeah graphic yeah. like you know i mean we want to be able to see the activity or the idea of what we're wanting to do but we want to be able to show the back of the shirt and not make it look like the guy's just standing there and you're just shooting the back yeah that's yeah because there were a couple where it's okay how are we gonna, and then there's some where i had a the go buys of what we were shooting and then the of what they wanted to shoot and then the reality of the location were slightly different and so then when you get there you have something in your head like hey okay i know how i'm gonna shoot this to make it the way they want it and then you right. get there and you go oh wow this isn't like this isn't the same location in that go by or, or things have changed from the way that go by look so we need to figure out how we're going to make this work right um, yeah but that's the fun I mean, part of it I yes think. it is it is fun. Yeah. You get, that's when you get your creative juices going. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so tell me a little bit about, so I know you travel a lot. Mm -hmm. So where's, give me some of the best places you've gone just to hang out, vacation, not even for work necessarily. Vacation? Yeah. Oh my God. Because we're I always like looking for all. someplace new around here. I think we're going to go to Greece, not this summer, but next, because um, Ashton graduates. So okay. we're going to take, we're going to go to Greece. That's the graduation um, trip, but. I haven't been to Greece. It's on my list. Um, but I, I loved Iceland. I've heard I'm really good things from people about Iceland. Like I everybody I know has been Iceland. there says it's great. Beautiful. The people are nice. Um, I went in the winter time. Well, I want to go again during the summertime because those yeah, are two I'm different not doing experiences. It. I'm not going in the winter. Oh, it's beautiful. I hate the cold, but oh, let me tell you, it's something you'll never see before. What if I like, go in the winter, I have to go by myself because oh. Tammy's not going with me. <laughs> Take her to the spa. The Blue Lagoon Spa is the biggest thing over there. She can just spa it up all day long. Okay. She, <laughs> she actually said in August this year because it got a little cool and it rain hit and the clouds came and it maybe dropped down like 69 or something in August. She came home and said, I hate cold weather. And I usually <laughs> hear that in September. At some point in September, she will say that. So I don't think taking her to Iceland in the winter is going to be. Well, take her in the middle of the summer because it's supposed to be beautiful and green. Yeah. I think that I can handle. Yeah. yeah. We could probably so, make that work. Um, but yeah, I love Iceland. I'm a big traveler. You know, I am. I yeah, no go as much as I can. Um, I love Iceland. Um, I love going back to Asia. I went to Asia with my family years ago um, just to kind of see where they came from and where they grew up. That was a great experience. Yeah, how was that? That was, that was amazing. Like my mom took me to where she, the house she grew up in and I met people that she grew up with and I met my great, great aunt which I've never met before. Oh, wow. Um, but everything was so cheap. Oh, my gosh. I can eat a full meal for like a dollar. <laughs> really? Maybe a dollar fifty. Okay. That um, part sounds good for sure. How long was that flight? 
the flight was horrible. It was so long. I think it was like a 20 something hour flight. Oh God. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I don't even want to go to Hawaii. <laughs> I mean, I, I want to go to Hawaii, but I don't want to, I don't even want to fly to Hawaii. So yeah, I just got back from Hawaii in December. Um, Maui was beautiful. I, that is a definitely a site I haven't seen. Like all the waves and the islands and the, I mean, it was like so intense where it kind of freaked me out a little bit. The waves I were? Kind of, huh? The waves or just the whole place? The waves. Okay. Like they're so intense. Like you fall in your dad. <laughs> I just haven't <laughs> seen like waves that intense where it like it hits the side of mine and you can see it just come up like, you know, a hundred feet just from hitting a rock oh, wow. and, and it's and it's not like they're light waves are just they're really strong but it's so pretty you can't stop looking at it well, that's what i've heard a friend of mine he's he was a lighting director assistant lighting director on a lot of big tours so he's traveled all over the world and maui is one of his favorite places in the world to go oh i love maui i would go back um i would definitely want to do the road to Hana like a little earlier because we went a little later and so by the time we got around to the second part of it it was so dark which might have been a good thing that it was dark because apparently I was driving really close to the edge of the <laughs> <laughs> okay because <laughs> I think I would have freaked out if I saw like how close I was because it was so dark I couldn't see over it was just black right. and all I knew was to stay close to the side that I could see but not hit the actual mountain <laughs> Okay. Wow. Because <laughs> there are no guardrails. Yeah, that's a little freaky, I would think. <laughs> what if you sneezed? Just, and you just, just like, what if you sneezed and went, like that? It's over. Uh, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was, a, that was fun. But then, of course, also because my brother didn't fill up the tank. So we're like, crap, we don't know how far we are from another gas station. We're like, we got to go really fast to get out there. Oh God. <laughs> okay. It was all sorts of fun. <laughs> Sounds like it. Yeah. Oh, Have you ever yeah, shot in any place like that? That's that cool of a place to shoot. Have you ever done any shoots in some place that's that cool? No, not yet. I wish I could no. have, but no. Yeah. Not yet. Well, the coolest place I've shot was probably Cabo. I did shoot in oh, Cabo San Lucas. That was a cool shoot because it was one of those where you had to be up and on set at sunrise. So, I mean, call time for the models was like 4 a.m. or something ridiculous because they had to start hair and makeup. But we were on, had to be on set by 5.30 in the morning, I think. But then you'd shoot till 9, and then that was it for until 3.30. So you would have that, that break between 9 and 3.30 where you went and had breakfast, you took a nap, you hung right. out, you did whatever. And then at 3.30, it was call time again. The models, I think, was maybe 2.30 or 3 for touch-ups and that kind of thing. And then you went and you shot from – you really started shooting around 4, 4.30. And then you shot till sunset. And so then, you're look, they're looking for the afternoon light, like the evening yeah. and the morning. So you that, that morning light, noon. that afternoon light. Yeah, and you skip all that high noon stuff and you have all that time off. And yeah. that, was a, that was a cool shoot. And then when we finished, it was really only a day and a half. We were there three days. And after the second day of shooting, we went and had breakfast, then went and hung out in town in Cabo San Lucas and went and had lunch and went to um, Sammy Hagar's restaurant, Cabo Wabo, and oh. hung out there and then just walked around the place. That was pretty cool. Although I was the, we were shooting for a Hispanic magazine. Um, so everybody on my crew was either Hispanic or Italian or whatever. And I was the whitest looking person in the group and there's like all of us walking down the street we get into this little alley it's started to get a little sketchy and all i'm thinking was if somebody pops out i know who's getting shot first or who's you. getting robbed it's gonna be me <laughs> yeah they're like you're the minority they're probably like who's this gringo yeah i'm sure they were you never met this guy but i had a, um, a friend of mine who also assisted me a lot his name is robert peralta and he's mexican his family's from mexico he grew up in san mm -hmm. diego but He's, he's fluent in Spanish and we're on a lot of sets where the hair and makeup person or where when we were shooting in Miami or even in New York where they, they spoke Spanish. So he'd start talking to him and I couldn't understand anything because I, I know very little Spanish. 
And I was, I was looking at him and go, Robert, what the hell are y'all saying? He said, don't worry about it. Unless you hear the word gringo, it's all okay. <laughs> I was like, all right. So I just let it go. But sometimes it's good. I had an assistant. Um, don't know. If you, did you meet Elizabeth, my assistant? She worked with me for a little while. What's She's had last multiple name? kids now. Ortiz? Maybe you didn't. She, maybe she came along later. I don't think so. Anyway, she looks very full-on white American kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, she's, she's Cuban and speaks fluent oh. Spanish. So we were doing a shoot in Miami, and I had her with me. And we walked into this house. We were shooting this location house, and it was for some Telemundo star, this um, woman. And so we're looking at her house. We're shooting everything at this woman's house. And I told Elizabeth, like, don't say anything when we first get in here. Just let's just walk around and see. And then, cause they start talking. I was like, just tell me what they're saying. And so <laughs> they were talking cause they assumed she didn't speak Spanish because she looked so white. White. Um, so they were just talking about how they were worried that we were going to screw up their house and we were going to mess up the furniture and all this stuff. And I was like, okay, tell her now that, um, we're going to, we're taking pictures. If we move anything, we'll put it all back and exactly where it was and that kind of thing. <laughs> And they flipped out. As soon as she started talking Spanish, you could tell they were shocked. And they were Oh, yeah, of course, because they thought they everything. were talking behind your back. Yep. <laughs> so that was fun. I enjoyed that. Oh, oh. my gosh. Yeah, that happens. <laughs> so tell me, what was the last couple of questions here? Um, what's the toughest part of your job as a producer? Getting everybody together. Well, it's that and depending on the client, one would be making sure all the merchandise arrives and on time mm. for our shoot because we don't have merchandise, we can't shoot. Oh, yeah. um, the other one would be getting everybody to work well together. But I will have to say catering is such a bitch trying to get everybody together. <laughs> <with catering. laughs> Oh, sure. Especially now that everybody's gluten-free or vegan or whatever. You didn't have to worry about 15 years ago. You're just like, all right, this is what we're eating. And everybody said, all right. And they ate it. And now it's like, oh, well, I'm vegan or I'm gluten-free or whatever oh it happens God. to be. That is so hard to get everybody's allergies or, you know, what their sensitivity is. And when you have a people, when you have like Three or four is fine, but when you have like 15, 20, 30, 30 people on set and you're trying to accommodate for every, because I want to, I'm one of those producers of people in general, that I want to be sure everybody's taken care of. Yeah. Because if you're happy, I'm happy. And if I'm happy, everything's going well as well. And, you know, it's just, it's just like, I want to be sure everybody's taken care of, you know? And so I'm not going to have somebody on set. I'm, I'm having them work 10 hour days, not be able to eat. So I'm trying to accommodate everybody. And. If I have one person that's like allergic to dairy, the next one's allergic to garlic, one's allergic to grain, gluten-free, and then I'm just sitting here like, how, how do we even, I'm, you guys all get lettuce. <laughs> <laughs> what do you do for that? I mean, because do you have to have, order certain like special meals for each one? So say you have 15 people on set and 10 of them can eat whatever and they're fine with whatever. And then you have these five that are, have a, dairy allergy and a gluten allergy and one's a vegan and or whatever do you have to have the company or whoever you're getting the food from do you go all right well i need one without dairy i need one that's vegan or do you just find something that kind of works for all of those three four five people and like here's what you guys are eating so the best thing i found so far that works is to get everything is just kind of separated out like on the side so if it's a salad put the cheese on the side you know you know it's just Everything yeah, is like on smart. the side and then they can put, it's almost like a, you know, like a, like a bar, like a food bar at that point. Um, like if we're having like a protein, then, you know, if somebody's allergic to garlic, then I'll tell the catering company and they'll pull one aside and make it without garlic or something. Um, right. But well, I mean, yeah, mainly if everything's kind of separated out, it's the easiest way to do it. Um, but I did have one person I remember on set and I remember her nickname ended up being Snowflake because she's so fragile. She's the hardest person to work. She's super Okay, sweet. did she know her name was Snowflake? Yes, I believe did so. She, did she knew that was her nickname? I believe so. 
Okay. But she, uh, sweetest person ever. But I mean, I, I, can, I, I try to feel for her because she's allergic to everything. And I, I can't imagine if I was allergic to everything. So, you know, I definitely focus on her, like her food to make sure right. she can't eat everything. So, you know, because she, she was allergic to dairy. She was dairy, gluten-free. She couldn't eat eggs. What else it was? I don't know. It was one other thing I can't remember. But all I remember, I was like, what do you eat? <laughs> <laughs> do a lot of people get nicknames um, on your sets? The reason I ask is... I did a shoot and my friend Robert was with me and he was assisting and we're talking about the shoot probably, I don't remember if it was on the shoot or if it was sometime right after the shoot, we were talking and he was saying like he was calling the producer, they, he called the producer Goldie oh. and her last name was Showers. <laughs> oh. So you can put that oh. in your head. Yeah. And then, um, so they called her Goldie and the art director, they called him Rod because he was just a dick and so, I mean, he was literally, he would be right beside me with his camera shooting exactly what I'm shooting to the point where I had to say, Hey, your foot's in my shot. Can you move oh, your wow. foot out of the way? I mean, that's how, and they, and my assistants were just, if they could have taken him out back and beaten him down, they would have done it just because oh, wow. he was constantly right on top of me, making it difficult for me to get the shot. So they called him Rod. And then there were a couple other people that all had nicknames. And so I asked him, I was like, well, so what was my nickname? He said, oh, you didn't have one. <laughs> All right. I said, I said everybody, everybody on set had a nickname but me. I'm not that stupid. What was my nickname? He's like, no, nah, man, we didn't give you a nickname. I'm like, bullshit. What was my nickname? He's like, All right. We called you Fraggle. And I was like, okay, what? that makes sense. So there was a show on HBO. It was called Fraggle Rock. Oh, yeah. Years and years. Fraggle. Yeah. Where Fraggle was this muppet kind of character and had this very hair that kind of went all over the place and i think i want to say it was kind of reddish hair but then it was like all spiky and all over the place so that's why they uh -huh. called me fraggle because of my hair I was like, okay oh i, I, I have look. to look this one up now yeah, look i don't up think fraggle there were nicknames on my set yeah yeah they, i don't they think they people gave nicknames people. if they did i didn't know about it a lot of the ones i do won't don't but Robert's always made it fun, and so he's tended to nickname yeah. people. They didn't know it, yeah, <laughs> you know. But yeah, people tended to get. Nicknames. I mean, we I mean, we always try to make our set our shoots fun. I mean, I've always you know, had fun shooting with you guys. It's never been. I mean, there's some shoots where not with y'all, but there's some shoots I've been on where it's just not. You know, it's it's a grind. You know, you're yeah. trying to get however many shoots done. The client's not there for fun. The client's there to get the shots done. They don't care if you have fun or not, just do it. And yeah. you get it done, but it's not fun to do. Um, I don't think any of my sets are like that. <laughs> not. Always I've always had fun. fun shooting with you guys. Yeah. Yeah. It's always been fun. So. I always have. I remember, oh my God, I remember there was one shoot I did when I was in Ohio and the photographer, the crew, and I guess we were shooting at this one location and we were shooting outside and the owner had these, had a had um had two dog one dog or two but they were mastiffs oh god you know how big those dogs are yeah huge and she didn't pick up after her dog outside oh <laughs> <laughs> and we needed the guys to pit work outside and shoot outside and the photographer had to like lay some down and like actually lay down and get like a lower shot uh-huh and so they looked at me they're like we need to get that picked up i was like well then you guys go pick that up <laughs> So they ended up drawing straws <laughs> to, see, to see who would be the one to pick it up. Guess who won? The photographer. Oh, of course he did. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> you can hear him bitching the entire time and we were taking photos. Everyone's just laughing because the photographer is such a great person, but it's, uh, he's one of those that are like, you know, He's kind of set in a ways of doing things that he likes other people to do it for him in a oh, way. Oh, yeah. I get super it. Super nice. But when he drew straws and he got the shortest one, and he was like, damn. He should have he rigged that one. He like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna I'm to hold the straws and I'm drawing mine first. And well, that he way held he made the sure. straws, but yeah, he wasn't the first one to draw. Uh, oh, wow. 
Yeah, but I actually uh, have a photo from it from years ago of him picking up like that big, like it's like oh, two huge. hands to pick up massive, the massive, uh, massive. Uh, uh. <laughs> I did one. It wasn't that, but we were shooting in a cow field. <clears throat> oh. And I had to lay on the ground to get some shots. And you had to find, you had to sh find places in between the cow <laughs> food yeah. to, to shoot, you know, but I didn't have to pick it up. Yeah, oh well, it was kind of all over. Yeah, yeah. I <laughs> like I said, you got to make it fun, you know? It's like it's a horrible job that nobody wanted to do, and they, you know, we made it fun. <laughs> <laughs> for some people, at least. We made <laughs> Maybe it not really for the photographer. Hey, it's a good sport. If you're if you're able to dish out your egg, you got to be able to participate. That's true. That's true. I always say I have friends who you can they like to give you a hard time, but they cannot take it when you give it back to them. Oh, that's like, not you, fun. Yeah, if you're going to give a hard time, you have to be able to put up with having it given. And my brother is probably one of the best people I know at that because mm -hmm. he would do stuff to you and make you mad. But he would blow it off. Like if you tried to, like, you're a jerk, you're an ass, whatever. He would just go, Is that all you got? Really? Oh, that hurts me so bad. Oh, and then that would just piss you off even more that he would just act like it didn't bother him at all. And you were just an idiot for everything that came out of your mouth. Yeah. Oh, that's fun. But you finally got to the point where you just really couldn't say anything. You could either hit him or you just had to just go, whatever, and walk off. Because uh, you knew you weren't going to win. You him? A lot. <laughs> I used to, um, I would get him back just randomly when he didn't know it. Like one time he was mowing the grass and we had a BB gun and we lived on, we lived on three acres, but we probably had an acre of actual land that had to be mowed, something like that. Yeah. And I'm sitting on the, the stairs, the porch, and he's out in the yard mowing probably 30 yards away or something like that. And um, he's mowing the grass with a push lawnmower. And I had this pump BB gun rifle. So I started <laughs> pumping, I pumped that rifle and I would just line it up and it would just, and I would fire it at him. And, and most of the time I'd miss and he had no idea. But occasionally I would hit him, I'd hit him right in the back of the calf or the ankle or something. And he would just look around and finally figured out what it was and came charging at me. But <laughs> that's how I would get back occasionally. Uh, oh, oh, brothers. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so tell me, last question. <clears throat> what has been the strangest or most interesting thing that has happened to you on set? Or in your, doesn't even have to be on set, but in your job. What do you, what's one of the strangest or most interesting things that's happened? Oh, wow. God, everything's so strange, it makes it a norm. <laughs> 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 yeah. Um, I have to think about that one. I think. Um, wow. I don't really know. Yeah. Nothing too exciting. Mm -mm. I mean, there are things that happen on set where, you know, there's certain people that give me pushback and. You know, and then we have like to have a nice little talk or anything like that, but nothing really I, that I can think of that's kind of out of a norm of a photo shoot. You ever had but to threaten to thing... fire somebody huh? on set? Have you ever had to threaten to fire somebody or send a model home or something like that on set? Yeah, I've done that. Yeah. <laughs> I used to shoot a lot of kids stuff and I saw it happen multiple times where the creative director or the producer or the art director would walk up to the kid or the parent and be like, hey. If you want to do this, you will go over there and do this right now, or you can go home because we have another one coming in. And then yeah. I saw a creative director one time tell the kid, the mom was laughing. The kid wasn't doing anything like they were supposed to. And the mom was laughing at everything. So finally, the creative director went over and was like, you can take your kid home. We have another one coming in in 30 minutes, and we'll just shoot it with them. So yeah, I've had I appreciate it. I haven't had to do that with talent, thank goodness, but I have done it with, um, with a hair makeup artist. Really? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because I remember it, um, we were on set and they were just so busy on the phone and chit-chatting and they weren't paying attention. And I pulled them aside. I was like, hey, we really need us to focus and pay attention to this. And they just weren't listening. And yeah. so uh, I replaced her. Totally I had that happen with an assistant. And it was early on in my career. I was doing a five-day shoot in New York. Yeah. And this guy just shot something for 
German Marie Claire or something, I guess. And he, I, I just found him somehow. I think maybe one of my friends um, suggested him. So we're shooting and he shows up late the first three days of the shoot. And he's on his phone or back off on the computer checking on emails or something like that while we're shooting you know, during the shoot days. And so after two days, I was like, hey, if you come in late tomorrow, you can just turn around and go back home. There's no point in coming in late. You can just go back home. Don't do it. And he looked at my assist, my friend and my assistant, Robert, and he was like, is he serious? And I was like, yeah, I think he is. So he's late again on day three. So he shows up and then I'm shooting something and I hear him on his phone talking to somebody while behind my back while I'm shooting. So I purposely made him go adjust a light for no reason, just to get him off the phone. Yeah. And then, so the end of the day, I asked Robert, it's like, Hey, who else can we get in here for the next two days? He said, let me make a phone call or whatever. So he found somebody in five minutes, 10 minutes, he found somebody. Yeah. So I called the photographer, the, my assistant, and I said, hey, don't come in the next two days. I'm done. I told you if you were late, if you didn't get off the phone, it wasn't yeah. going to happen. So he got pissed. He got so mad. He started threatening me. He was like, we had an agreement. I said, yeah, but you didn't end, you know, live up to your end of this agreement. And he right. said, well, I'm going to call my lawyer. And I said, well, you, first of all, don't you do don't that. have a lawyer. I know. I promise you, you do not have a lawyer. But if you do, you go ahead and call them. That is absolutely fine. He said, well, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what. You can let me come back in for the next two days and we'll just go about this as normal. Or I'll just stay home for the next two days and you can just pay me for the full five days like you were supposed to. No. I said, how about this? How about you not come in for the next two days? I will pay you for the three days you worked and we'll just call it even. He's like, you're going to hear from my lawyer. And I was standing outside a restaurant waiting to meet with a potential client for dinner. And he was walking up right then. I said, you do what you got to do. And I hung up, never heard from the dude again. Oh, yeah. But yeah, I mean, he wasn't, I think he thought because he had just shot for German Marie Claire that he was better than me better. because we were shooting for American baby. We were doing like a five day special edition thing for American baby magazine. So I think he thought, well, this is some little kid magazine. And I just shot for German Marie Claire, which I guarantee you it was a test he sent to him and didn't make a dime on. But, you know, he just thought he was better and didn't do his job. And so I think sometimes yeah. when they, when they do that, you got to let them go. Well, yeah, because it makes your heart and your life easy. I mean, harder. I mean, yeah. because I know the, the, is it the hair and makeup or wardrobe person that I let go. I think I did. I let go one hair and makeup person and a wardrobe person, but to different jobs. Uh, cause I remember I was like, I don't want you back. Um, cause I called their agent. I was just like, I need you to send me somebody else. This person's not working out. I mean, if I'm over here jumping in to do your job that I hired you to do and which I don't mind helping out. I help out all the time on set. Like I'll help out with the crew. I mean, you know, the yeah. stylist, whatever you need me to help. But if I'm constantly trying to do my job and your job, like why am I paying you? So and no, I'm with you. Yeah, so I had a wardrobe person let go and I had her replaced and I had another hair and makeup person let go and have them replaced. But I mean, I'm not here to make my job worse than it is. Right. And they were making my job harder. Well, as a so, producer, you have so much to take care of and so much to do anyway. I mean, there's, you're constantly all over the place. And I am all over. to put out this fire or take care of that or whatever. Yeah planning for the next shot every I mean I like I don't sit mm -hmm. down like I I literally I remember I had one manager a long time ago he thought as a producer I sit in a chair with a little rate like a little <laughs> little pen like a little razor pen pointing out what people do I was like dude I was like you do know when I'm on set I do not sit down like I am constantly on my feet running back and forth getting all this stuff and I don't even eat I eat after my crew eats I think I that's sure when they need to come on set and watch what you do you know and yeah. my father-in-law thought I was, I basically did nothing. And I was just like some international playboy is what he told Tammy until he saw me do a shoot and he, we did a shoot at his place and he saw me work and he was like, okay, you actually do work. Yes. Now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you don't just walk around. And I think we, we did a test shoot there one time just for my book. And he was told Tammy, said, why can't you just take one picture and be done with it? Why does he got to take, you know, so many different, so many pictures of the same thing to get the one he needs. And I was like, well, it's not that easy. I mean, sometimes right. you do get it in the first shot, but you don't know it or you get, or you take 50 shots and you don't get to the last shot. Right. But he finally understood after watching me that it wasn't 
quite as easy. So I think sometimes people just need to come on set and watch and realize this isn't as easy a job as they all think it is. It's not, I mean, you can't complain. It's not hard as, as hard as a lot of other jobs could be or as bad yeah. as a lot of jobs could be, but it's not just It's not easy. easy. No. Yeah. Well, I mean, what really surprised me when he made that comment is because he was my manager at yeah. that time. Yeah. And I was like, you should know better. <laughs> you would think that he would, yeah, know the job a little better than that. Yeah. So, I mean, it was a, it was a big learning curve for everybody. I mean, and it, it, and it is like a producer's job, I think is super hard and it's very crucial. At least I feel like it is for me because I want to be sure everything runs smooth and everybody's taken care of. And I mean, it's well, it is because of, if you don't do your job and you produce something that and you, you don't do your job well, a lot of times when you show up on set, that's when everybody figures it out. And all of a sudden you're scrambling to, you know, find a new location because the producer didn't really do what they were supposed to do on this location, or they didn't get the right props for what you needed over here or hire the right person to do the right, right. thing. And it's a big, it's a huge job. I think it's yeah. a very extremely important job when it comes to bigger shoots. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a lot of one planning. Person to handle it all. Yeah. It's very, it's a lot, a lot of planning. And I always tell people, you know, it's like I plan for the, you know, I plan for the worst. I hope for the best. And all my shoots are organic. And they have like, to be. They have to be. Nothing is ever, I mean, I have never had a shoot where it's so like on point, like timing, everything. And never. I don't think I've ever had a shoot where everything is exactly how it's supposed to be. No, I was telling one of my assistants the other day, I said, I think whatever time the first, shot is scheduled for that should be bumped another half an hour so say you your call time is 8 a.m and you're scheduled your first shoot's going to be at 9 30. like you might as well assume that's really going to happen at 10. and at least if it happens at 9 30 great you build in some buffer time because a lot of times shoots don't very ever i don't know that i've ever had one go literally right on time that you you shot it exactly how it was planned out we always yeah. end up making it work and it always ends on time usually right you know but it's very rare that say you have a shot at 9 30 and your next shot's at 10 15 that you really start that next shot at 10 15 sometimes it's yeah. you don't finish shooting the first one until 10 15 and you don't get to it till 10 30 but usually ends up ending on yeah. time or close it's always got to be anyway. a buffer yeah yeah that's good oh. all right well thank you Thank so you. much. I know you have another shoot to do or get to today so I'm gonna let you Two go <laughs> Yay, yay. Working on a Saturday. Uh, love it. Yep. <laughs> I don't mind. Thank you so but, much. No, thank you. Um, thanks everybody for watching, for listening. I appreciate it. If you like it, subscribe, tell your friends, hit the little like button, do all that kind of stuff and uh, keep listening and watching behind the visual. And thank you again, Diane. Talk to you soon. Thanks. Bye. Bye.